Для тех, кто смотрит, будет смотреть эту информацию. Господин Пурчинов, господин Яценюк, господин Тернебок и же с ними. Я это заявляю открыто и достоверно знаю, что это проплаченные агенты Центрального разведуправления США. Ведь мало кто знает, что основной беспредел творил господин Ахметов Ренат Леонидович, господин Коломойский, глава Всемирного Еврейского Конгресса, господин Фирташ и же с ними. Все вот эти олигархи. А теперь это Просто прямая оккупация Соединенными Штатами Украины через подставных лиц. concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. I'm not sure where everybody took off to in the chat there. I was hoping my mods would let you guys know what was going on, but uh, don't see anything in the chat, but maybe mine froze. There was just a little bit of a hitch there and getting the one channel working. It looks like it wasn't working on my end, but Hopefully it's out there. I was hoping they would tell you in the chat that I was setting up another one. We have two lives going on YouTube now. Not like that should matter. Both YouTube Pirate T-Lab channels. That's how this works today. Anyway, hopefully you're somewhere anywhere other than YouTube. Let's get this started today because this is going to be focused entirely on what happened in Bucha. And whether or not that's what we're hearing, it does look like my chat just kind of froze up. So who knows? Who knows what's going on? Today it seems like we have a little bit of a weirdness happening in the back end in regard to what I'm seeing from the pirate channel. Maybe this is one more way they're going to try to stop us from doing this, block us from being able to continue to pirate stream on their platform, which I promise you drives them crazy. We'll keep doing it all the, all nonetheless, do not worry. But today we're going to do a focus show. I had a lot going on around, around COVID-19 today that I was going to get into a lot of information that shows you Well, really the break it down in a simple way. The reason I was felt okay pushing it off until tomorrow is that it, Everything I'm going to cover is either going to be something that I already told you that they're admitting now, which you already knew, or it's stuff that we covered that they're now trying to double down on the lie again, despite all of the evidence. And either way, you already have all the information. So I figured, you know what? This is such an important topic today because of how interesting and how obvious it is. We're going to push the rest off till tomorrow. And it has to do with some specifics around mRNA and your blood and all these things. They just keep doubling down on. It's really incredible to me to watch. I had a couple of great interviews this morning. I was on uh, Richie Allen show. We talked about a lot of this stuff. I was I uh, spoke with Misty from uh, from Twitter on TNT Radio. A lot of this stuff is out there for you guys to to, to find. To make sure you check those out because I had really great conversations this morning. I really enjoyed. But we're going to start off today right out of the gate with this whole discussion around Buka Bucha, and I find this to be really interesting for a lot of different reasons. There should not be. Any reason, any of us would be afraid of asking the question, did the U.S. government fake this? Did the Aza Battalion fake this? Did the Russian government fake this? 
Did the Russian government carry this out? Did the Azov Battalion carry this out? Did the U.S. government carry this out? The fact, if, if any one of those questions makes you uncomfortable, well, there's a problem there. Because you ha- hopefully you're honest with yourself enough to admit that all of those things are possible. If you're not even willing to admit that, then there's no point in, I mean, you have already made your mind up independent of facts and evidence, and that makes, that is all we need to see. So if you're, the point is that we need to be open to this conversation. And of course, when I'm pointing out that, that let's just say one side, let's say in, in this case, which, which is what I'm going to be pointing at here, is that the Ukrainian government side is lying about something in this story, which does not inherently mean that what they're saying didn't happen. But when we show you a lie, that needs to be taken in the context of the larger discussion. Did they lie about something else? Why would they lie about this? What does that mean? Who's driving that discussion? I mean, it's just really crazy how we're at a point now where these are basic, basic tenets of just critical thinking, being objective, you know, things that used to be aligned with journalism, not so much today, unless you're outside of the Western corporate press. But let's start with this from antiwar.com. This is a really important conversation. This is from April 3rd. I want to read you their discussion of this first, because this is one of the first things that I saw in this, and it really is kind of highlighting some of the obvious things that should be discussed, even by corporate press or whatever else, even if you think Russia bad guy and he's the worst thing, even if that's true, you should still consider what's being said. And that's not happening, which is the first red flag. Ukraine accuses Russia of committing atrocities near Kiev. Moscow calls for UN investigation. Today, we're also going to be talking about Mariupol as well in a little bit, just to kind of accentuate this point, different places, but important to see that these are focal points of the manipulations. Now we're going to get into the New York Times discussion of GPS, uh, of radar, or excuse me, of uh, satellite footages and, and everything else, footage and everything else. Ukraine has accused Russia of carrying out a deliberate massacre in Bucha, a town near Kiev. Moscow denies the charges and calls for an investigation led by the UN. Now, the very first thing that stands out to me, look at the contrast there. When's the last time you saw the United States government, after being accused of a crime, with evidence or without, go, we'll bring on the investigation, right? Well, let's not only bring on the investigation, let's initiate a UN investigation, right? Spoiler alert. That's never happened before, at least not that I've seen. I've never seen them go, well, let's investigate unless they're doing it themselves. Not the same thing. And I'll make that joke about the CDC investigating themselves in a moment. So first of all, you need to ask yourselves why that even is, why that wouldn't alarm you or wouldn't be, well, I, you know what? I don't want to read. You come to your own conclusions about what that might mean. But the bottom line is if the U.S. government's framing themselves as the one that's supposed to be modeled after, and over here you have a government that is right now, that is right now. If you have a government that is right now, well, it, I, I, sorry, I had to start something and I lost my thought there. The point, nonetheless, to, is to, to begin here, not to begin, but to focal, focus back on this point, is that if the U.S. government is framing themselves as what you're supposed to model after, and they're the ones that are continually pushing off investigations, accusing the, or, uh, you know, threatening the ICC and their family members, that's both Pompeo and Bolton, which of course, so unfortunately, will be only focused on the conservatives. It's just your U.S. government constantly doing this, whether it was Obama and before, it doesn't matter. And constantly avoiding all of these things about Golden Heights, about Palestine, about Syria, about Afghanistan, about Iraq. I mean, you keep going. Now, of course, Moscow could be saying, yeah, bring on the investigation as a way to try to hide behind that. But would, why would that be logical to anybody? 
Why would it be logical, especially when you know the UN and its apparatus is aggressively, I mean, predominantly controlled by Israel and the United States, and this is very clear, not that individuals within that are, are completely controlled, because there's some that aren't. I've said the same thing about Eva Morales while he was still there. But overall, they have a more influence over it. So why would Russia be like, use your influential apparatus to investigate me? It just doesn't make sense. Anyway, I could belabor that point forever, but I find it to be an important one. The Ukrainian defense minister published several photos and videos alleging to show the aftermath of crimes committed by Russian forces. Now, as always, as you'll hopefully first thing you thought of is, okay. so the Ukrainian government said. The only person out there anywhere claiming to have any insight into this would be The New York Times and Washington Post claiming they verified parts of this or using their investigations. So why the why in the world is everybody else taking at face value what the Ukrainian government, who is completely influenced as yet yet again approved today by extremist forces cultivated and fomented by grown by the CIA and the U.S. government? Why would we take them at face value? At the very least, even if they were the most honest person in the world, why would you take them at face value? (laughs) Right? Because either way, you should demand evidence, not just be like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to think. So I'll blindly take that. And you know who you are out there because that's happening, whether or not you want to admit it to yourself. They published content. Everyone else said that's the truth because they said so. The Washington Post claims to have verified a video showing nine bodies dead, including a child. Now, you know why that's not important? Because what did they verify? That there were dead bodies. See, they're playing this game here where when, when Russia says this is fake or a false flag, They play on the ignorance of the average person and say, oh, well, here's bodies. There's proof they're lying because they know as well as we know that being false flag or fake doesn't inherently mean it didn't happen. Right. That's what we've already shown you over and over and over, especially before we get to Mariupol and plenty of other examples we've shown you where they are accused by people fleeing, fleeing Mariupol of murdering people and pretending it was Russians, bombing towns and leaving Russian uniforms on the ground. These are people from Mariupol on the record, multiple outlets telling people this, multiple people, multiple places. Sure, it could be fake, sure. Nothing, you'll never hear that being potentially theorized by the other side. I'm willing to admit that it could be. Sure, wish we could prove that. But we have lots of other people saying lots of other things that all connect with the idea that they were held in Mariupol. They weren't allowed to leave, didn't have electricity, food, they were lied to. And when they finally got away, in some cases, they were shot at as they were running. And then they were welcomed into arms of the Russian troops who were giving them food and medicine. Now, I'm not saying I know for sure that's what happened. I have my doubts about a lot of stuff, but we don't have any evidence to suggest anything else is happening. You may disagree with that. But the bottom line is what we've seen, and I'm looking at all of it from both sides. It's very clear that you have subjective nature coming from both sides. But at the end of the day, you have people taking one and ignoring the other in the Western apparatus. That's not honest. Now, if people did die, well, then people died, but that still doesn't mean that this is what they said it was, does it? Because we already have examples of the Oz Battalion murdering people and blaming it on Russia. Verifiable, by the way, but of course, you won't hear that in the Western press. So when they say they verified it, what they did is verified that people died and then acted like that was some kind of a debunk. It wasn't. And the Times published an account by a member of the Ukrainian Territory Defense Force, yet again, talking about simply going, here's what they told us to say. Now, it could be true, couldn't it? Quote, we found 18 bodies in there, he said. They have been torturing people. Some of them had their ears cut off. Others had teeth pulled out. There were kids like 14, 16 years old, some adults. They just took the bodies away yesterday. Okay, so why in the world would Russia be in there 
pulling teeth out of children, cutting ears off of people. Like the only thing I would argue would make sense is if there was some kind of intel they were trying to take from people. Sure, that's possible. People that want to believe the Russian government wouldn't be capable of that, capable of that will hate that I said that. But as always, I think they're all capable of things like this if they found a need to do it, if they found a benefit in doing so. Even the U.S. government, I don't think, would commit things just to commit things. Maybe I'm wrong. But the point is, there, what's the strategic logic here? There's no explanation of it. None of that. Any, All of these gruesome details all come from the extremist people controlling the territory, which, shocker, I know, currently are the Azov Battalion, but specifically as the Ukrainian government that has been infiltrated by the Azov Battalion. You know, and let's just ignore the fact that the CIA has been from building fascism in this country since 1948, documentably with their own documents and working with Nazi war criminals, literal Nazi war criminals to create that fascism in Ukraine. None of that means anything while they have an openly Nazi group controlling everything, right? It's all fake news, right? Except we can prove it with their own documents. Now it goes on to say Ukraine's first levied, Ukraine's first levied Ukrainians, maybe Ukraine first levied the allegations against Russia days after Russian forces withdrew from the area. This has already been verified, even by the, the, the corporate press. Bucha Mayer, of course, Anatoly Ferdrock confirmed to the media that Russian troops had exited the area on March 31st. Now, that's the one thing, even if he's lying, by the way, that sort of undermines their story. And they've had to sort of walk around and piece this together, at least as, as the way I see it. March 31st, he stood up and said, they're gone. Now, even then, you should be like, well, maybe he made that up. Who knows why? But you see what I mean? If you're not willing to do that in every circumstance, which frustrates some people because they don't like uncertainty, they've been trained to be like that, I don't know is usually the correct answer. It's just the way the world works. But the mayor of this town that's controlled by the same forces we're discussing confirmed to the media that Russian troops had, had exited the area. Russia has responded by denying the charges and highlighting, the, uh, hi and highlighting the mayor's comments by saying, look, we were gone by the, 30, by the 30th, technically, is what Russia's claiming. And he even said, yes, they were gone by the 31st. So right then, the only way that would have worked, and this is what the New York Times is arguing, is that they had done all of this before the 30th. Well, they say 31st, but Russia says they left on the 30th. The bottom line would be they had to have killed all these people, which is certainly possible, and left their bodies in the street. Which, by the way, I mean... I don't know, you could get into why that would make sense, especially because they, they would know this would get pointed out. And let's also make sure this is clear. This is not some win by the Ukrainian government. The Russian government, the Russian military pulled back. And this has been, this has been backed up by even corporate press and even like the military times, which I'll show you at the end, that are very clearly making out the, the, the only where, the only place you're getting this narrative that they're running out of bullets and Russia's not doing as good as they thought they were and they're getting overtaken and Kiev and they're, they won back Kiev. It's like, that's not what's happening, guys. Even the military times and like military minded corporate press are saying the same thing. That it's very obvious that Russia has been calculating this entire thing, that they didn't jump in and like they said, they, I mean, it's, they're backing up what Russia said they were doing, which ultimately was the, the, to the final point that they weren't going to be occupying Kiev. They weren't going to be occupying Ukraine. It was about a specific agenda. Now, yes, they could be lying, but their actions continue to, to point that that seems like the most likely and obvious direction especially when they pull back from towns that they're not being pushed back from. So at the end of the day, when you see them pull back here, and then all of a sudden they step in, and then Azov fills the area, which I'll show you next, and then they say this stuff happened, all of this should be suspect at the very least. Why would they do that, leave that stuff, knowing that would happen? Maybe because they don't care. Certainly possible. But if all you end up with an example, your answer or your explanation is they don't care, or they're crazy, because they're maniacs, because they're expect that's garbage. That's child-level narrative. Could be, certainly, and it could be true. Maybe they just don't care.
but it's not a valid point. And it shouldn't be what you feel comfortable resting your, your entire perception on. Now it says, moreover, and this is a quote, on March 31st, the mayor of Bucha, Antoly Fedra, confirmed in his video address that there was no Russian military in the town, but did not even mention any local residents laying shot, laying shot in the streets with their hands tied, which is true. So the point is that this mayor, the only way he could have confirmed they were gone was by going and seeing it or being told by people that were there. And nobody mentions that people were massacred, torn apart, blown up, tortured, ears torn off. Come on. That is the first thing to me that just makes no sense whatsoever. Either he was not supposed to say anything yet or he wasn't there. That's my opinion. And I'll always tell you that. It says the response from Moscow also suggested that the massacres happened after Russian forces exited the area. Now here, this part contradicts with what New York Times is saying, and I'll read that next. But it's important to think, consider that both of them at this point are coming from, well, look, if based on what the narrative is here and everything else we know, Russia's arguments in this point are pretty solid. But then when you add in what are satellite images from New York Times and what they say about them, the timing we're told they are, well, it sort of contradicts it. And then you have to ask yourself, which one is real? So it comes down to the reality of the situation before they bring in these pictures and satellite imagery, which you'll, uh, you'll see what I mean next when I read, this is very sound. And then once they insert this into the narrative, which if it's true, then that potentially changes everything. And Russia looks like they're caught lying, but it all hinges on what the validity of those images, the validity of the company that gave them to them and whether or not they're accurate. That's called being irritatingly objective, but I, you go to apply that to either side guys any side. And I'll, I'll, in fact, well, I, I think I put something off today. We'll probably talk about tomorrow in regard to something else questioning Russia's allegations. But here, this says it's particularly concerning that all the bodies of people whose images were published by the Kiev regime after at least four days have not stiffened, do not have characteristic cadaver spots and have fresh blood in their wounds. Now I'll show you this stuff, guys. You can see it for yourself. This is very, very evident. So I don't know why, why, where's all the Western experts that are speaking up about this stuff? How are we actually going to pretend? Because nobody's arguing otherwise. Everybody is saying that the only way this makes sense, especially when you, you know, enter the New York Times part of it with their satellite imagery, that this happened weeks ago. Weeks ago. And yet we can see very clearly that they're moving these bodies around and they're not stiffened. That they have fresh blood in many examples. I mean, doesn't that just in and of itself immediately challenge everything? Yes, it does. So the only way that would make sense is if if their story is true, is if that if there were things that Russia did and they killed more to make it look worse. Or none of it was real and they killed them all and they're hiding it behind some sort of story. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Now, keep we'll keep going. These are just the first part of this, guys. All of this is shown in lots of different examples. By the way, anti-war is just always such a consistent, objective source. I love anti-war. They're always killing it with their information because they're willing to challenge the narrative and they're also willing to say things uncomfortably that might go along with it because they're honest, in my opinion. It goes on to say, after Russian forces exited the city, some members of the Azov Battalion were photographed by Daniel Verhulik for the New York Times in Bucha. Bucha, excuse me. Azov is an extremist neo-Nazi militia incorporated into Ukraine's military. In fact, as, as John as, uh, Scott Ritter points out, they made sure that individuals, the leadership of their movement, were at every level of the government, in the police forces, that they be literally inf infiltrated the National Guard. I'm going to show to you later how all the way back from the beginning, the U.S. government was working specifically with the National Guard. Isn't that funny? The one main group they took over, they have been cultivating this group from the beginning, guys. 
Here's the photographs, by the way, before we even get to the next part. Archived. Here are the photographs. Ukrainian soldiers from the Azov Battalion walk through the remnants of a Russian military convoy in Bucha. Now, it's interesting that they kind of don't want you to see this now, do they? But the point is that this... Now, here's the interesting part about it, by the way. I was unable to find the exact date of this specifically. Actually, here, let me do this real quick. You guys have seen me do this before, so a little exercise in... I don't know why I didn't do this right out of the gate. I forgot. See if this showed up anywhere else. Maybe before, maybe, you know, the date of when this first appeared, which will give us a little more of a timestamp. Okay, so, yep, April 3rd. So it does seem accurate. I don't see anything else earlier. Oh, look at that. April 2nd. So April 2nd. That changes things, guys. Let me go back to 3rd. So in case you're not following what I'm doing here, this so that's the earl- earliest example of this image showing up online, according to Tenai, is from the New York Times. Live update in New- from the New York Times. Okay, that's interesting. So going back to this, the point is, because the reason I checked that, guys, is because, look, this is the third. So the point is that picture, which is time stamping, if they're being honest about it, which is, again, always something you should ask yourself, the Azov Battalion b- being present in this location on the second. Very interesting. So if from the second forward, Azov Battalion was present, and we didn't hear about this until today, that's three days. Three days where there could have been all sorts of manipulations happening. At the very least, why we would be okay with the openly neo-Nazi extremist element that they've been funding for false flags and manipulations and psyops and regime changes like we've seen the CIA and the government do for a long time. Why would that not be a huge red flag? While the photos, and don't forget, by the way, your every government and, of course, the Western corporate press that's right now standing uniform behind the Ezra Battalion, 30 seconds ago were screaming about how they were the worst thing out there. And how, I mean, Senator Slotkin reaches out to the to Blinken and says, these people are terrible, right before this starts. They're terrorists, they're bad people. And now we're supposed to pretend like there was a distant history? How is that even possible in people's minds? That is a Democratic senator openly calling them out and saying, these people are terrorists. We need to do something about this right before the narrative blew up in their face and we pointed out that the CIA was funding them from a long time ago. And then all of a sudden now we're supporting them? Fox News and CNN alike are using as a battalion as literal sources on the ground? How do you even make sense of that unless you recognize that they're all following a narrative? While the photos and videos published by Ukraine appear to show war crimes, it is unclear who committed the offenses and when exactly. Just by showing dead people doesn't mean therefore you prove their narrative. That's what they've been doing the entire time. Several Western countries responded by immediately condemning Russia. Exactly. So if people show pictures, Ukraine says something happened, and they stand up and go, we need action against Russia. Are you serious? Are you really pretending like anybody anywhere involved in the Ukrainian government, Zelensky, anybody, are beyond reproach? I mean, that doesn't even align with the basic tenets of what we pretend we're supposed to apply in this country. We just blindly take what someone says at face value. That's not what happens amongst our own parties. But yet here we are taking the word of a government that's at least questionable based on 2014, based on the fascist elements, and we just blindly take what they tell us is happening and everybody calls for action based on they what they say? Come on. I mean, I don't need to push this that hard. We all know that's crazy. Even people pretending it's not. Several Western countries responded by immediately condemning Russia. Moscow has called for an international investigation carried out by the UN. Because that's what you do when you're guilty, right? UN Security General Antonio Guterres separately called 
for his organization to carry out a probe into the allegations. Quote, it is essential that the independent investigation leads to effective accountability, which it never will because that's not what you guys are actually trying to do from the top down. But knowing that they're that controlled is my point. Why would Russia invite that in? Because I believe they know quite strongly that this was not what it appears to be. Now here, by the way, is the mayor that they're referencing. So this guy stands up, a key, this guy's, you know, just so it's clear, this anybody that's involved in the Ukrainian government right now is connected to and influenced by the very thing that we're pointing at. The entire government is a puppet government, guys. I mean, when you recognize that Kolomoisky, who is one of the lead oligarchs in Ukraine, is the primary funder of you of Zelensky's entire campaign, his security, his clothes, his food, everything about him is completely funded by Kolomoisky in regard to his political campaign. Oh, and Kolomoisky also happened to own the One Plus One media media outlet, the TV station, where Zelensky also worked. And then, of course, right after he basically bankrolled his entire run to be president, of course, after he played president on a TV channel, because that makes sense, then guess who became his cabinet? The people that worked at that TV station. I'm not making this up. It's right on Wikipedia. Not again that that even means it's true, but it means that they're claiming that's true. So the point is, how are we pretending this is not some fake thing? Now, by the way, Kolomoisky is also one of the primary funders of the Azov Battalion, back, even back when they still were willing to tell you that they were bad people. Oh, but, but he's Jewish, though, so that can't happen. <laughs> Who cares about the facts, though, right? Because that's just not possible because that's what they said. No, it's obviously a lie, whether that's true or not. The point is that they are connected, that Zelensky's entire bankroll backing is coming from the primary funder of the Azov Battalion who are an open neo-Nazi group, who are openly committing ethnic cleansing in Donbass and now apparently all around, all around Ukraine. Well, this guy stood up, and it's, my point being is he in, in this entity and is standing up and going, no, 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 it was Russia. Well, in 2017, Fedorov was suspected of abuse of power. Right, because that's who these people work with. Hearings have been going on for several years but are constantly postponed. Good. So he's an honest guy that we can take the word of, right? I shouldn't even say that because they're suspected of abuse of power. It doesn't mean that he is. But of course, when you work alongside the open extremists, well, it's probably easy to take. But the point is that this is somebody that they're using. Anatoly Fedruk attracted international attention during the Battle of Bucha that lasted from February 27th to March 31st. All right. So he's the guy, right? He's now famous because he's the guy that spoke up and said what's going on there, apparently. Now, here is Al Jazeera. Bucha killings. The world cannot be tricked anymore. Survivors of alleged Russian atrocities recount his ordeal and analysis. And of course, when you dig into this, guess what, guys? All you're getting is claims coming from authorities about people. Bucha's mayor reportedly said, this is now secondhand from them, said that hundreds of bodies have been found and the count appears far from over. In Bucha, we have already buried 280 people in mass graves. Yeah, that's respectful, right? So these are Ukrainians that you're uh, outraged that Russia hurt and you just dumped them into a hole and buried them all together? Does that sound what you would... Does that, I mean, right now, this, this very article makes a huge claim about how disgusting it is that Russia didn't take its own people home. I'm not even kidding. And yet right here, they're like, oh, we just dumped them all in a mass grave. I mean, that's supposed to be a disgusting thing anywhere in the world. And yet here they are supposedly doing that to 280 people they claim Russia killed that are their people? I mean, come on. Nothing about this seems to make sense to me. The bodies of 410 civilians they claim were removed from Bucha. The neighboring towns of Hostomel and Irpin and and smaller villages around Kiev. Ukraine's prosecutor general said all of this on Sunday, April 3rd. 
Okay, so the second is when Azza Battalion was monitor, was walking amongst these exact streets, exact, almost the exact picture. And the day later, all this happens. Think about that. I don't know why that, I mean, again, that doesn't prove, but it's interesting. And the evidence suggests that this is not exactly what it seems for a lot of different reasons. The Russian Defense Ministry calls them another production of the Kiev regime for Western media. The ministry claimed on Sunday that all Bucha residents had the opportunity to freely leave and claim that the southern suburbs were fired at around the at around the clock by Ukrainian troops. Now, that has already been backed up and vindicated by a onslaught of people leaving the areas. Specifically Mariupol in the context around there, saying from a lot of different angles, different outlets, different locations, different times of the day, saying these people, we were stuck, we were trapped, the Ukrainian government fired on us and we barely escaped. They shot us. I mean, here, here's one. Let's see. Let's see. It was. There it is. Here's one that I happened to remember to pull up on the top of my head. For those in the podcast, this is a young adolescent speaking about how they were trying to leave. And says, we asked if we could cross, and the Azovs were in the windows of a building, and they were at, 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 at like a, lar- a nine-story building. And as they were trying to leave, they were shooting, they shot at them in the back. Now, don't miss how that's literally what they're now saying Russia was doing in the same area. Waiting in the streets, in the windows of the buildings, and shooting at everyone. Now, is it possible? Of course it is. But you can't miss how continually they keep throwing the narrative out that we can prove, or at least have evidence around, that people said is happening on the other side. I, I mean, I just made this argument about the bombing of the, by the way, the location inside Russia that nobody seems to care about, right? Funny how the accusations get taken extremely at face value, but then Russia says they bombed an oil place inside of our country, which should be a big deal, and they just said, ah, fake news. <laughs> nobody cares. You did it to yourself. False flag. Nobody cared even presented evidence for that. They just said Russia said it, therefore it's fake. It could be, but think about how ridiculous that is. The point is that right before that, they were accusing the same thing. They keep keep throwing the same narratives back in their face that they got caught for the moment before. It's just very frustrating. The The point was there was a video in regard to them being accused of the same thing right before that happened. Right where Ukraine did this over here in this point, then they they blame it on Russia in the reverse. I mean, it keeps happening just like this. And the point here is they asked if they could go, and they said, yeah, go ahead. And then when they started to go, they shot at them. And the point is his house was destroyed. He had nowhere to go. They said we could go, but as we left, they were shooting from the windows at our feet. Bullets were simply flying past our legs. Now, I've got, I've got more content coming your way in a moment that is showing you exactly what they're capable of. On the record, by the way. But before we get to that, let's finish this. The Russian Defense Ministry called them another uh, manipulation. And then it says, oh, here, the ministry claimed on Sunday that all the residents had open opportunity to freely leave. They were fired around the clock by Ukrainian troops, which was backed up by what that guy just said. Ukrainian intelligence claimed on Monday to have retrieved the names of all Russian servicemen from the 64th Motor Rifle Brigade, which seized Bucha and carried out the ostensible murders. Right. So the point, you know what that's going to amount to? I'm going to go ahead and call it now. And when it happens, remember that I told you this. They're going to post all these names, and that's going to be used as proof. Which you should immediately think, why would that be proof? And that would be the right question to ask, but that's not going to matter. 
They're going to say, see, here's all the names and we're going to release them. Why? Because every Ukrainian should know their names. It's, it's, it's like it's the equivalent of putting out a bunch of strollers in a parking lot and saying that represents all the things we said happened. Oh, did you prove it? No. Who cares? Why would it matter if we retrieved all their names? You probably just gobble up a bunch of names from an outlet that you said, a group that you said was there, or maybe that was there, and you're just going to release those names, and that will be heralded as evidence from the Ukrainian government. Mark my words. Okay. Now, next, here is the New York Times version of this. Now, you should take this as, at, you should consider this evidence just like you consider everything else. And I mean that. It doesn't matter that, New York Times has been repeatedly caught lying, manipulating, creating propaganda for any war, any illusion, any, any COVID manipulation. This is over and over and over. But nonetheless, and I truly mean that, you should try to be objective about what you're reading. Satellite images show bodies lay in Bucha for weeks, despite Russian claims. April 4th, this was published. So on April 2nd, the Azov Battalion was already photographed, which by the way, I should have said before. Why would we assume they were only just arriving? Why wouldn't we assume, or why wouldn't we consider that they were already there, like they probably are in most of these locations, right? So we can prove, though, that they that even the New York Times showed you that they were there on the second. Now it says, when images emerged over the weekend, and I find it just interesting the way they, you know, from where it does sort of get into it, but, you know, I, I find it interesting that they're sort of not wanting to really make a big point about where they're getting this stuff from because it's all coming from the Azov Italian level people in the Ukrainian government. Videos emer- or images emerged over the weekend of the bodies and dead civilians lying in the streets, some with their hands bound, which, by the way, doesn't seem to make sense to me, right? So they're scattered around one by one in different locations and their hands are tied. Like, so, you know, it seems like a show, doesn't it? It seems like an example. Now, maybe the Russian government did this to scare them or something, but that doesn't make sense, does it? What it would be, what it would make sense is if you wanted to make a big show of how cruel they are. So you cut their ears off and you tied their hands and you shot them and you threw them in the street and you kept one by one and laid them out across all the streets. It just doesn't make any sense. Unless you want to make it look like a cartoonish characterization of what they want the people to think Russia is. These are my opinions. Goes on to say, in a telegram, or of course, Russia denied denied the responsibility. In a telegram post on Sunday, the ministry Russia said that the body Russia's government said that the bodies had been recently placed on the streets after quote all Russian units withdrew completely from Bucha around March 30th. Now Russia claimed that the images were another hoax and called the an emergency UN Security Council meeting on what it called provocations of Ukrainian radicals. Which there shouldn't be any question in your mind that there are Ukrainian radicals being funded and armed by the U.S. government. 100%. Beyond question. And I've proven that to you, whether you want to dismiss it or not. But the point is another hoax. Now remember, guys, a hoax does not, none of these words inherently mean that it's not, that it didn't happen. Now, hoax is a little bit of a harder one to play in this context. But the idea is simply this, that you can create, you can kill all these people and blame it on Russia, and you, that would fall under an abstract version of a hoax, or a false flag, especially. Not an abstract version at all, that word. But the point is that they always play this game, and I don't believe that Russia is arguing that it literally didn't happen. But they pretend that's what they're saying, and then when they show dead bodies, they go, there you go, they lied. But they're saying that it is a manipulation. And they've openly said that these, specifically the Aza Battalion, would do this. 
would kill people. And guess what? They said it would happen in Mariupol before that's exactly what seemed to happen in Mariupol. And I'm not saying that because Russia said that would happen, but because people that left Mariupol on the record for multiple outlets in multiple locations in multiple days all said the same thing. I know, what a conspiracy theorist, right? Damn evidence get in the way. But a review of the videos, they say, and satellite imagery. Now, here's the interesting conflation. Which one are they referring to? A review of videos and satellite imagery, okay, by the Times, shows that many of the civilians were killed more than three weeks ago when Russia's military was in control of the town. Okay, so was it the videos or the satellite imagery that... That's weird. To show that many of the civilians were killed... It doesn't say confirmed. That's weird. I thought it said confirmed. Maybe that was what they wanted you to think. Anyway, it says that they that they simply just state that the civilians were killed more than three weeks ago. The review of one of those two things, or both of them, led them to think that. Now, what I'm going to show you here is the satellite imagery in no way gives you an indication when they were killed. So it must be the video, right? Where'd they get it from? One video filmed by a local council member. Ah, so somebody part of the Ukrainian government on April 1st shows multiple bodies scattered along the street. Now, do we know that was filmed on April 1st? No, that's what he's telling us. There's a member of the Ukrainian government giving them a video and saying this was in the first, and it shows that they were there before. Okay? Satellite images provided to the Times by Maxar Technologies show that at least 11 of those had been on the street since March 11th, when Russia, by its own account, occupied the town. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Maxar Technologies, which is just a quick side note, it's not a huge deal, but I find it to be interesting. Maxar Technologies has been involved with this already. Apparently, Maxar published the, the, the big famous satellite images that showed the Russian military convoy, right? Remember that big, oh, the ending convoy of military going in? This is on February 20-something, I think. Now, it's interesting. Now, that in and of itself is not a big deal, but I find it, you know, why was the same company used twice now? Maybe because they have kind of the market on this area? I don't know. Just something to consider. That it's, They were the first ones to step into this and showed what they wanted them to see, and it became a huge story, and now they're filling that role yet again. Now, if somebody wants to do more background on this company in general, I wasn't able to find anything that stood out to me. Not that we should necessarily always, you know, do your due diligence, right? It's not wrong to find out what these people are tied to. Any case, that's interesting. CIA. Huh. That's weird. Why is CIA listed down here? Right? Not to, not to call out something that I just found, just stumbled into, but I mean, huh. Maybe just because it's a satellite? Hmm, that's interesting. Anyway, I don't want to get bogged down. Maybe you guys can look into that more. I just find it interesting. This, you know, as we're talking about that, I find that one of the see also references, and none of the rest seem to align. Isn't that strange? Maybe I'm just overthinking this, but this definitely seems to be strange. Okay, so maybe that's a big connector right there that we weren't finding before. That you know, maybe there's a CIA tie. Maybe we'll come back and visit this again. Yeah, let me just do one last thing. Oh, you got to be kidding me. This is why I like doing this. Oh, it didn't show up. Oh, right there. That's weird. Why would that? Look at that. Oh, it's because I spaced it. Okay. Competitions known as machine learning sponsored by the CIA's investment. 
Now look at that. Okay, Maxar's data analytics division adds jobs to sate U.S. government appetite for artificial intelligence. Well, look at that. <laughs> Again, I wouldn't say that this is just like a slam dunk, but I, that definitely opens the door for the fact that they have a comfortable deal and association with the very U.S. government that's aggressively lying to you right now. And of course, they're taking the comp. Uh, it appears to look like they are taking pl- uh, part in sponsored CIA activities. Hmm. I'm going to follow up on this in general. Last look. Virginia-based government contractor. Hmm. Maybe they are the CIA. I shouldn't say things like that without writing. I'm just, okay, back to the point. So that's interesting to me. The point was simply that I find this company to be kind of interestingly suspect just because of the way that happened. But back to this uh, article. So it's one person from the Ukrainian government that speaks up, claiming it's from April 1st, saying this happened. Then we have Maxar Technologies speaking up and showing them these images that they, by the way, here's the point for me. How do we vet personally that this is in fact March 11th? How do we vet that this imagery wasn't manipulated by the CIA? How do we vet any of this? Now it ultimately comes down to the fact that Maxar Technologies wouldn't lie, would they? Right? It's interesting. I don't know why it just it hinges entirely now on whether this stuff is valid. But the point is they showing they're showing that the this is as you can see March nineteenth and you show these what they claim are bodies. Then March uh, then February twenty eighth nothing. Okay. Now going forward it says to confirm when the bodies appeared and when the civilians were likely killed. Apparently they have a thing called the Visual Investigations Team at New York Times which I'm sure just really intelligent and really technically sophisticated. I'm sure they're just not looking at things and coming to their own conclusions about it. Conducted, conducted a before and after analysis of the satellite imagery. I just think it's funny how it sounds like they're just making this sound really fancy when it looks like they're really just kind of looking at one and looking at the other and going, I think it looks like it. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But it says the images show dark objects of similar size to a human body appearing on the street. So that's what we get. So they're saying, well, they look like bodies. Could they be? Sure. Now, and this may be a little abstract, but I mean, like, what if they're not? What if these are something else that were then things were then placed in these places to make it look like it? Now, that's going out on a limb. I'm just saying that these are certainly possible, especially if you're recognizing they're trying to trick people, which I'm not saying this for sure is, but they have already been caught doing so. Lying about the ghost of Kiev, lying about every other damn story we keep talking about. Now, the objects appear in the precise positions in which the bodies were found after Ukrainian forces reclaimed Bucha, as the footage from April 1st shows. There's your key, guys. They're using the footage that we don't know is from April 1st, coming from the Ukrainian government, that was inserted as the connecting piece to make this make sense. Further analysis shows that the object remained in these positions for over three weeks. Analysis from the information that we don't know, can't bet, and aren't sure about. The causes of death are unclear. Some of the bodies were beside what appeared to be an impact crater. Others were near abandoned cars. Three of the bodies lay beside bicycles. Some of their hands bound behind their backs with the white cloth. Now, these are like scattered around. This person's dead next to a bicycle. This person's over here next to an impact crater. Like, why does this make sense? What is this string of stuff? Now, I guess they're just arguing that they just committed chaos all over the place. And that certainly might, that could be possible. Sure. But then how do you explain all the other manipulations? And why is this only coming from people that are compromised or, in my opinion, connected to the Ukrainian government? Satellite imagery shows that the abandoned cars and the nearby body appear between March 20th and 21st. Here's what I find interesting. 
Well, I need to read the last part here. It says, these are just some of the civilian bodies discovered since Saturday. The Associated Press published images of at least six dead men lying together in the rear of an office building, some hands tied behind their backs. The building is one mile west of other victims found alongside this street. Another mile further along, a photographer with the Times discovered a body of a man with a gunshot wound to his head lying beside a bicycle. Now, all of these things aren't even connected back to the main point. Were they on this video? Were they on that satellite image? Well, no, they're just other people that are dead in this area. So why are they all of a sudden assumed to be Russian or because of Russia, Russia's actions? You see my point? Even if you want to pretend this other part is proven, now you're just going, well, there's a person that's dead. There's another one that's dead over there. There are three more over here, and we know it's Russia because, boy, just that's what we've decided. This is just loosey-goosey, man, and the whole thing has been like this. These people are happy to take it at face value. Now, the real thing to me that stands out, and this is where I want you to come to your own conclusions about it, if you believe that this satellite image is correct, which is of things that we can't prove are actually bodies, the point would be that this is on March 11th. And that would be when Russia says that they were currently there. So we'd have to ask, how if these are bodies, how would you explain that? Right? This is a question that we should put to somebody, not just assume it means that they're at fault. Right? If this was put directly to the Russian government, I'm sure they would say something, wouldn't they? But that's not happening. There's no dialogue. It's just assumption and discussion and, and forceful narrative. Now, at the end of the day... If we don't know where, if we can't prove Maxar technology satellite imagery is correct, if we can't prove that the video was from April 1st, and all of it seems to stem back to the Ukrainian government, and this Maxwell Technologies now seems to at least be interestingly connected, possibly, to the CIA. I shouldn't even go to there. I'm going to dig into that further. All of this opens the door for questions. But that's not what's happening. You are being told what to think, and because Ukraine says so, fact. Well, here is the satellite imagery showing the abandoned cars and the nearby body. Well, first of all, it's interestingly it's interesting that what they're claiming these are I mean, first let's be clear, that car down here that they're claiming is this car is way further away than what this image shows. And I'll make that clear next. Again, with something else. But yet they're still weirdly going, "Well, these are the ones right there. That makes sense." And that's not that's not true. Cuz that's not as close as this video this is in this image. Seems a little clumsy to me as well as the fact that this body is way further away from that car than it actually is in this this vi- image, as well as the video I'm about to show you, which is of the same body. How do you explain that? If, some, if nobody's moving these things and nobody's touching these things, and it was just left there by the Russian government until they found them, well, that wouldn't make sense, would it? Well, here's something you might find interesting. Невероятно храбрые, самые лучшие войны этого мира в военнослужащей украинской армии. Что мы откроем, когда будет деоккупирован Мелитополь, Бердянск, Херсон? Невероятно храбрые, самые лучшие войны. That is exactly what you think it is. That is Ukrainian soldiers moving those bodies. Right, okay. So, what might else, what might explain that? Right? And this is Ukraine. It's Ukrainian TV. And it's Ukrainian soldiers. And what might explain that? Right? Why would they move? Well, some people are going, well, they're making sure they don't have IEDs. That might make sense. Right? Assuming that the argument would be that Russia leaves dead bodies and plants IEDs on them, which maybe I haven't heard that before, but, you know, why wouldn't that make sense? Okay, well, then let's watch it again. So here they are moving it. One guy, like, which certainly makes sense because that's clearly enough distance to not get exploded, Right? I mean, come on. This is stupid. Like, if that was an IED, you would not be standing within 10 feet. It's just stupid. But let's keep watching. 
Okay. And then they all walk closer. But, you know, so here they are poking it. Like, okay, so you'd argue, well, now they must know there's not an ID, right? Because they're walking away and he's poking at it. Except they start pulling it again, right? Because that's how that it totally makes sense, right? That they just keep mussing around, dragging it around. Okay, I think this is plainly obvious that they're moving this for some reason. I'm not going to pretend to know that it's because they're making a false flag or because this or that. You can make, come, you're an intelligent person. Obviously, one of the questions should be, were they dragging these bodies into place? I don't know why that would be something you wouldn't ask. I think I would go go in order here. Oh, and then, okay, the point is, this is the fourth. One day before they announced to the world this happened. And, of course, two days after the Aza Battalion has already been present. Starting to make, starting to kind of click together. Now here is this person basically going, you know, this, that was the one I could have just showed you back there. This person, what is this? And this person saying, checking to see if they have IEDs. And I just love how certain everyone is on Twitter. Because <laughs> this guy knows, right? He knows. No, he doesn't. It's just funny to me that he just, that's uh, the truth. No, no question mark. No, maybe. Just, that's it. But of course, the same person who posted this, the same curious and chaotic way of demining, which, you know, it's obviously not what's happening, guys. I mean, there's no way that makes sense, even with the way they were moving in that one video multiple times. But this person's pointing out, and please look at their, their feed. I'm not endorsing everything this person is saying, but what he's showing you is already being shown. And oh, and by the way, guys, just so it's clear, I, I don't know why I didn't do this right then. This, this is the point. This, this is this. I'm glad I remember to say that because not everyone might not make the connection. This is the same location. Note the yellow and white on the road, the same car, the same everything. This is the exact body that they're pointing at on April 2nd. April 2nd. Okay. So right here, we see them and you can tell there's a lot of different ways you can confirm this based on everything that's around it. And you look for yourself. This is the same exact location. There's the green, the green fence. There's the green fence, or right going back through the shot, wherever it was, right there, the green, whatever that is, right? That's what you're looking at. The bottom line is, guys, that this is that location, and this body was moved into that location two days after they reported it was there. Now, yeah, they, that could be something that they were checking for this or that. Why wouldn't they have done that three days ago, right? Or, or why were they moving it more than once after the fact? I mean, there's a lot of potential. Again, I'm not saying that I'm 100%. I'm saying these are questions that nobody cares to ask. I definitely have my opinions, but this is saying some with ropes and others by hand, which you can see. There's plenty of examples of this. Some have ropes for some reason. Some of them aren't being moved with ropes. Some soldiers and others with civilians. It doesn't really add up, and he's right. Here's other examples. Here's one they didn't use ropes for, demining. Here's one they did, one with hands tied. It just It doesn't make much sense. And just here's an example of these same troops, the same band, the same look, doing things to people in these same locations. Now, of course, if you're if you're somebody who just blindly supports the narrative, you're going to be like, they're probably Russian soldiers. They're probably all spies. And yeah, you'd love to just assume that. Sure. With no evidence. Sure. Or you can recognize that they're all people that have been pulled out of their cars in this one location and being beat up by Ukrainian soldiers. Sort of like all the other people that have told you are being treated the same way when they're under Ukrainian control or the false Ukrainian government. Ah.
Now, what I'm hearing from a lot of other sources, but again, you take it for, take it for you know for what you will, do your own due diligence. That the Azov Battalion, who's openly said that this is what they would do to these people, are attacking anybody left behind in these areas that were too friendly with the Russian soldiers, which is what they were doing in other locations like Mariupol. And that there's been examples of of witnesses that are telling you that's what happened, or the children that were trying to leave and got shot at because they weren't staying in the location without a house to stay in. Looks like they're taking a, you know, a page out of the book of the U.S. police force, right? So to under, just to make sure we understand, guys, if this is even, if this is the same location and there's things being moved, there's questions that need to be asked that are not being addressed. And I think it's very obvious that there's more to this story. Now, here is Moon of Alabama giving you a timeline that adds a little more texture and culture to the texture to this. Now, the Russian troops leave Bucha. March 30th. March 31st, the mayor of Bucha announces the town was liberated, makes no mention of the atrocities. April 1st and 2nd, Azov Battalion, the neo-Nazi extremist group, enters Bucha. First and second, he argues. So, four days now, five days. April 3rd, Ukrainian Minister Defense publishes video, claiming it was from the 1st, but it was published on the 3rd, which is after the Azov Battalion was there. Right? Come on. Here's the best part. He caught them before they altered their article. Guess what it said before they changed everything? The New York Times was unable to independently verify the assertions by Ukraine's defense minister and other officials. Oops. Not surprising that they aggressively ran and got that out of there as fast as possible. The point is they didn't they were told what happened. They reported that and they didn't even prove it. They didn't verify anything. They're unable to verify what they're telling them happened, despite the fact that that one video is the key connector point for why they claim they know this stuff. Maybe it's quite obvious why they deleted that. It's incredible. Here is a India, a former Indian diplomat, an ambassador, who Moon Alabama points to. Fake news in Kiev, Harold's cruel April. This is April 4th. He, this is just his opinion, but here's what he says. An indignant Moscow has angrily demanded a United Nations Security Council meeting on Monday over the allegations of atrocities by Russian troops in areas around Kiev through the past month. Prima Fasi, the, Fasi, the uh, allegation is fake news, but it can mold misconceptions by the time it goes expo- gets exposed as disinformation. Now, we're going to get to Kiev more in a moment, and the idea that there's endless examples of how Kiev, specifically, has been a focal point of their manipulation, that Russia has never even officially been in the center of Kiev, and yet from the very beginning of this, they claim they were bombing and attacking and rolling into Kiev. I mean, it just just doesn't make any sense unless you realize there's more to what Russia's actually doing, whether it's biolabs or Nazis or whatever you want to think. It doesn't, it's clear their objective was not just to roll in and just take over Ukraine. I mean, that's pretty clear by the way they're conducting themselves right now. It says a task report coming from Russia. The Russian defense minister said on Sunday that a Russian armed forces had left Bucha, located in the Kiev region on March 30th, while the evidence of crimes emerged only four days later after Ukrainian security services officers had arrived in the town. 
The ministry stressed that on March 31st, the town's mayor, Mr. Antoli Fredrock, had confirmed in a video address that there were no Russian troops. We already told you this. However, he did not say a word about the atrocities. Even more surprising is that within minutes of the breaking news, Western leaders, heads of state, foreign ministers, foreign former politicians popped up with statements duly kept ready and only based on the videos, seconds long videos and a clutch of photos ready to pour accusations. No expert opinion was sought. No forensic work was done. No opportunity given to the accused to be heard. Why don't we think about this stuff? This is just somebody says something and they're already calling for investing for war crimes tribunals. I mean, guys, this is a coordinated effort. Here's Moon of Alabama who talks about all this in the beginning, same stuff we we're just reading, but he adds a point at the end I thought was interesting. Gonzalo Lira, who is a in Kharkiv right now, has previously directed a professionally made movie. In this video, he asserts, and you can look at the link right there, he asserts that the main Russian atrocity video that they're using to claim Russia carried this out which shows cars driving down a street strewn with dead bodies, is of a professional high production quality that can only be achieved with high-end equipment. He also remarks on additional evidence from the scenes that points to false flags operations. And this guy's a video expert. He's the one telling me, so what, they have a professional crew out there filming these things with professional high-level video? That does not make sense to me. Lyra comes to the conclusion in his opinion, that the Azov Nazis have killed some people in Bucha and have been too that have been too friendly with Russian occupiers and are now blaming Russia for it. Azov gangs are known for such atrocities. Based on the above timeline, Moon of, Moon of Alabama, who has I, I have I think highly of his opinion in regard to foreign policy, he agrees with their conclusion. Now here's Tass and what they're saying. This was on the third of April. Kiev's crime in Bucha aimed at disrupting peace talks. Sort of how we can see this happening over in the, the Iran peace, the uh, JCPOA is Israel's discussion, where we already see that now the U.S. is pulling back, and that's because Israel carried out, you know, basically stuck a stick in the spokes of the discussion, right? We already saw their attacks, then we saw Iran bomb them back in Syria, even, or excuse me, was it uh, Iraq, excuse me, in Iraq, I believe, and is the is Israeli installations. And of course, Israel denied it, but then the U.S. came out and said, yeah, they were, showing you they're lying all the time. But now after all that back and forth, now weirdly enough, the U.S. pulls back from the talks. That's what it looks like to carry out the tax, disrupt peace talks. Same thing's happening here. Take a note out of their book, right? <laughs> Putin's playbook. Well, I, one group clearly has a playbook. The goal of the crime that the Kiev regime committed in the city of Bucha is to disrupt peace talks according to Russia, Russia's government. Zakharova noted that Russia had requested a United Nations Security Council meeting over the incident, which she slammed as a provocation staged at the Ukrainian, by the Ukrainian military and radical nationalists. So it's interesting, as Richard Matters points out, he's doing a great job on this discussion. The UK, which currently holds the presidency of the UN Security Council, as of today, has refused to hold that emergency meeting. As he asks, why would somebody do that? given the gravity of the situation, or given the fact that they want to point out the evidence, don't they? Well, apparently not. Apparently all they want is narrative, because that's all there is right now. So when they request an emergency meeting to present evidence from their side, they go, no, you can't. Sort of like back with Bolivia or back with Iran or different examples where they just don't let them in the building. Sorry, can't come. You can't speak because we don't want you giving your opinions because we don't want people hearing anything other than what we're telling them is happening. Think about how dishonest that is. And if they frame it all under a guise of, well, Russia, bad guys, so we can't allow them to have credence or legitimacy. It's just such a garbage narrative. And this says the threat on, and this is, 
Oh, this is particularly events on. Okay, so this is different. I thought they was going in the direction. I hadn't seen this. I'm going to have to look at this later. I don't want to dive into it before I know what's going on. Yeah, we'll come back to you. But the point is, think about how ridiculous that is. So they're not going to get the opportunity to present their evidence. But yeah, we already apparently know the story and we're already calling for war crimes. They don't even, they're not even allowed to speak. As I said before, here's another clip that was just put out by Brock and Starr. Zelensky's Azov connections. If you can't see how this situation was built, armed, radicalized, and driven into reality, and no, that doesn't mean the other side isn't guilty of its own crimes, stop assuming, moron, then you're ignoring facts for a politically chosen narrative, period. Hashtag, I stand with narrative. You can't ignore the background just because you don't like what it shows you. You can still pretend Russia bad guy and that we're supporting this group because he's the bigger evil, but then you're open. You have to recognize you're supporting open neo-Nazi re- regimes that have been funded and armed and created by the U.S. government. Period. And then we have to recognize that they're the ones currently funding this and driving this, and you're taking their side on a narrative that they haven't proven. Here is CBS News reporting that Biden says Putin should face war crimes trial for alleged atrocities in Ukraine. I mean, look at what that says. Putin's, they're calling for Putin to face a war crimes trial, a war crimes trial, which by the way, I've said before, I could make an argument for why he should. But how about the reality that even they're calling them alleged crimes and you're already going to a trial? How about the fact that we have an endless list of verifiable crimes committed by the U.S. government they just disregard that they haven't even been accused of yet? Like in, in the sense of like a trial or, or like international law. Nope, nobody cares. But we're going to jump right over proving this even happened and go right to war crimes trials. Why? Because they're desperate to drive this forward like they were with COVID. I mean, this is being clumsy. As Richard also points out, Putin is a war criminal guy who pushed for Iraq, Biden, in the Senate, the Iraq war. And less than a year ago, drones striked an entire Afghan family. The Ahmadi family, we reported on that, followed by a Pentagon cover-up. It's fact. Now, as he also points out, it's incredible. The U.S. and U.K. want to try Russia in the International Criminal Court, of all places, where the U.S. is not even a member, and the U.K. has refused to ratify the crime of aggression. So they won't even engage with this, but the moment they want to use it, of course, now now it makes sense, now it's legitimate. But of course, when they're currently and still accusing the U.S. government of aggressive, massive crimes of, of crimes against humanity in Afghanistan. Well, you're not a legitimate court. We don't recognize your authority. But now go after Russia and we'll, and we'll pretend the opposite. Why does anybody take these people seriously? Because they're politically invested in one side or the other. How do they plan on exactly doing that? He says, don't forget, the Bush administration passed a law in 2002 where they're basically saying the U.S. will invade The Hague in the Netherlands, where the International Criminal Court tries war criminals, if any U.S. citizen is tried there. Same thing that, that, that uh, Obama just basically pushed, the same thing Trump pushed. That You can't go after any U.S. citizen, any U.S. military personnel, or I think Trump brought it to the level of any ally. Saudi Arabia, any of them, can't go after them. That's the reality of where we are. Here are all the places I've showed before, that the, and this is not all of them, by the way, that the U.S. government has intervened, bombed, sabotaged, regime changed. I'm not going to read them all. For those in the podcast, it would probably take me 10 minutes. Not really, but the point is it's endless. And these are all crimes, guys. These are crimes. Most of them ended up in absolute catastrophe. Here's PhD pointing out, historians puzzle at how Mosul, Iraq, A city of 3 million people was flattened twice 
with the U.S. government airstrikes in 2003 and again in 2017, both without a single photograph of dead bodies being published. How is that even possible? Well, because we don't talk about these things. We don't care that this was one of the most obvious, aggressive carpet bombing of a civilian location because ISIS, right? Who cares about all the people there? Who cares we use depleted uranium in Iraq because, well, we're the good guys. Who cares that we destroy Vietnam with Agent Orange? I mean, over and over and over. But there's no investigators, no criminal investigations now. Who's calling for war crimes against them? And again, in no way is it suggesting that it might not be happening on the other side. The point is, how are we even pretending this makes sense when these are the people calling them out? These three American men have invaded nine countries in 23 years, killed 11 million civilians, and no one calls them war criminals. Bush, Obama, Clinton. Add Trump to that. Add Biden to that. 100% same, same point. Here's another, These are all just, by the way, just images that uh, were tagged on underneath Richard's last post. I just, this, uh, all from Amid Marin. I just, they're a good point. I just want to show them. You can look these all for yourself. They're all actual articles. Here's from CNN Politics from 2016. Pentagon. U.S. bombing of Afghanistan hospital, not a war crime. And by the way, I forgot that I wanted to grab this. But I do have coverage of this that we've been talking about a lot in the past. That people like Biden, or excuse me, that Bolton, Pompeo, openly attack these people when they try to call them out. Well, I guess I don't think, I'll just leave this open. You guys can check out some of them. They're mostly buried in my shows where I talk about it. But it's pretty hypocritical, obviously. To not care about these. U.S. to penalize war crimes investigators looking into American troops. There's one of them. The ICC has collected evidence of what it says is torture, rape, other crimes by American forces during the war in Afghanistan. Many of which they openly attest to being told to do so by their superiors. So, but nobody, nobody cares about that, right? No U.S. troops behind a drone strike that killed Afghan civilians will be punished. 2021. Deadly U.S. drone strike in Kabul did not break the law, Pentagon says. Why? Well, because they're fighting for freedom. Didn't you know that? Guys, the point is it's just obvious that this is ridiculous. Fact ignored alleged war crimes trial. Now, of course, here's the U.S. seizing a yacht owned by an oligarch with close ties to Putin. I mean, even the title admits they don't know. This is not a member of the government. Did he break the law? Well, what's the crime you're accusing him of? It doesn't matter. They're just robbing this guy, even if he's a terrible person, which he probably is, because most oligarch rich manipulators are. But at the end of the day, it, you can't gallivant around the world pretending to stand for freedom and, and law and order while you regularly ignore that. I don't mean regularly, constantly, without fail. Ignore the laws you pretend you're upholding. You're, you are robbing this from this person like a mafioso. It's like a thug. Because he's Russian and he's rich. So let's take from him. It's just, it's unreal. This, this is the kind of thing. Now imagine this happened reverse. Imagine if Russia was carrying out the same actions and they just seized a U.S. The, let's say, let's say Elon Musk was gallivanting in his yacht and he grabbed it and said, well, you're an oligarch. We're going to take your yacht. How about anybody, the rest of them that are doing the same thing? How about Bill Gates? All these people are oligarchs. We don't think of them that way in this country. They are rich people that are aggressively influencing all of our country. All of them. It's just hypocritical. We can't reflect on ourselves. Now, here is what the Sky, here's Sky News, right? Western mainstream press. They posted this. 
And by the way, this was this really creepy, weird Grammy award-winning video or award video where they allowed the pre- the alleged the, the puppet president of Ukraine to speak at the Grammys. Oh, I, I guess I missed the part where, where Putin was allowed to speak, right? Because it's not like they're just totally taking one side of this without acknowledging all of the things we keep telling you, right? That the CIA put these people in place, that they built the extremism, that they've been using them, they've been attacking people, they've been killing people. Who cares? Let's let them speak at the Grammys. Then, of course, Sky News posts it. Listen to what this, first of all, says, this nonsensical, meaningless statement that's supposed to be eloquent, and this weird, echoey sound they put behind it. And of course, with his customary green shirt, because, you know, he's military. Don't forget that he's military. Musicians wear body armor instead of tuxedo. They sing to their wounded in hospitals, even to those who can't hear them. But the music will break through anyway. We defend our freedom to live, to love, to sound. On our land, we are fighting Russia, which brings horrible silence with its bombs, the death silence. Feel the silence with your music. Feel it today to tell our story, our musicians. I mean, it's just so plainly obvious somebody wrote that for him and he didn't even read it properly. Like he he was mixing, he was just reading what they told him to read, guys. That's my opinion. But that didn't make sense because of the way he kept mixing. He was mixing up his words. And the point was, he's basically trying to say, like, you know, sing for us and fill the silence of the wars. About This is unreal. The level of propaganda, the gross, unexplainable level of choosing a side when you're supposed to be an objective journalist. I mean, good God. It's just gross. And they're now going to not only not allow Russia to have a U.N. investigation, they're going to now try to make it to where he never can. Because it's not like they're trying to cover this up or anything, right? Of course not. That'd be fake news. The region, we're reporting that children were being abducted, and we heard him. Oh, this is this is actually important because this is a, a, a this woman. I, I would argue, by the way, this is one of these politicians that has no idea that she she thinks she has all the info because she asked the right people. Because that's what they actually think. They've been raised their whole lives to think that it's smart to blindly take what the government says, to blindly take what the CDC says, to blindly take what the right group says. Because that's what intelligent people do. Pat on the head. Right? Well, she is going to list off things that are super important that they were told happened. Told. They were told this happened by the Ukraine government. Okay. Well, that wouldn't mean anything unless she then followed it up by saying, and we need to take action, which she does. Which should make you sick because these people are going along to get along or they're too dumb to see what's happening. We're reporting that children were being abducted and we heard him say that today. Also abducted are mayors and doctors, religious leaders, journalists, and all who dare defy Russia's aggression. Right. So basically she's saying that the Ukraine government told us they're abducting children. And just, you know, anybody else, doctors, whatever, just abducting them. But meanwhile, they're also just murdering people in the street. So they're just they're they're seemingly taking anybody they can, but then murdering them, too. So it's just all up in the air. Right. That doesn't even matter. Doing both all the time equally. But the point is that this is coming directly from the Ukraine government. So let's prove it, though. Right. Does that not matter anymore? The bottom line is that this is a government that's already been caught up in an obvious sex trafficking scandal with Epstein and plenty of other examples. So it's really interesting, and we've already shown you this from things like Haiti, from things like the Afghanistan war and Syria, where they've been caught, and the people that they've been funding, like the so-called moderate rebels, caught trafficking children, organs, just like they, they, they had an entire investigation presented at The Hague. But of course, the Western press didn't tell you this in the U.S., so you don't even know about it, right? 
It's just interesting to see the same allegations come up. Accuse them of that which you are guilty is a classic tenet of Bernaysian propaganda. She's going, well, they did this because they said so. So we need to do something about it. Some of them, according to credible reports, including by the Maripol City Council. Oh, okay, good. So some of them by credible reports, which means that the other ones aren't. So why are we even talking about them? Then on top of that, the ones that are credible are the ones that come from Mariupol. Oh, okay. Do you know? Well, you know who that is, right? The, the Mariupol government we're talking about? I, let, let me, let's, let's finish out. Keep Mariupol in your mind. I'm going to prove to you who actually controls Mariupol. To her, it's a credible source. Have been taken to so-called filtration camps where Russian forces are reportedly making tens of thousands of Ukrainian citizens relocate to Russia. Okay, have you spoken to one of them? Is there anybody anywhere on the record saying that I'm being forcefully relocated? And how would you even know that? If they've been forcefully relocated, how do you know that's happening? Because the Ukraine government said that's what's happening. I mean, this is a stooge. You want to look at a useful idiot? That's what she literally is right now. The point is that they're telling her this, and she's saying it acts as if that's fact. Spoiler alert, the Azov Battalion 100% controls Mariupol. So how about you realize that what she's actually discussing are people that are fleeing their control and are being allowed to relocate to Russia, which, by the way, there is an endless amount, and I literally mean endless, amount of, prop, of, of, of discussions, of video interviews, just endless, coming out from people in Russia, which you should question because that could be controlled, but in the midst of this, in, the, in Donbass, in Ukraine still, being interviewed as they flee areas controlled by the Ukrainian government, telling you that they're finally free, that they can leave, they can, you know, whatever. Some of them are, are confused, not sure whether they should trust Russia or Ukraine, saying that they were told that Russia was murdering everybody. The point is that what they are still doing is fleeing the Ukrainian government. This is not my opinion. This is what all this evidence has shown, and you should question it like everything else. But you're not seeing that same thing on the other side. She's talking about tens of thousands and all these camps and these things. And there is zero evidence other than what Mariupol's people said. How dumb is that? Reports indicate that Russian federal security agents are confiscating passports and IDs. That's exactly what was already told. You were already told this. By the person who left the Ukrainian military and said they don't get tricked, guys. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can grab this. Hmm. I got to grab that real quick. Hold on. Let's see if I can grab that. I will, I'll give up if I don't find it real quick. Hmm. But it would have been here. Um, let's see, U.S. soldier. Okay, let's see if it pops up. Of course not. Hmm. The point is, there's a video that we've already shown you of a U.S. soldier who's telling you that they're being tricked. That they're not allowed to leave, that they're taking your passports. So isn't it funny that that's the accusation? So we have evidence on one side of them telling you that's what's happening. I'm going to search for it on Twitter real quick. And then they accuse the other side of doing the same thing. Of course, it is not going to pop up. Oh, well. He kept saying it's a trick. That's what I was trying to go with. But 
Let me do this real quick. I'm going to finish this video and I'll keep searching for it. Taking away cell phones and separating families from one another. I do not need to spell out what these so-called filtration camps are reminiscent of. Oh, you mean the camps that are unverifiable that you said they told you are happening? The reports say are there that we haven't proven. And now you're stepping past that assumption and going, look at what they compare to the things that you didn't prove. Why are these people so ridiculous? It's chilling and we cannot look away. Every day we see more and more how little Russia respects human rights. And that is why I announced yesterday that the United States, in coordination with Ukraine and many other U.N. member states, will seek Russia's suspension from the U.N. Human Rights Council. Pretty crazy. So they're suspending or attempting to suspend Russia. There it is. I found it. Because of allegations. Like, that's exactly what Moon of Alabama was saying, or rather the ambassador from, or the former ambassador from India. They're going, look, this is ridiculous. They are jumping from allegation that's unverifiable to action. That's not what you do when you're honest, guys. That's, a, that's what you do when you have an agenda. So here is a U.S., a member of the U.S. military who went to fight in Ukraine and left and said, do not do this. We're being tricked. Now, yes, as I covered in my show about this, there were people that then followed up from that, like almost instantaneously, even though they were over in the middle of, of Ukraine, somehow instantly got this information and knew they had to follow up with it. And they made their own videos and said, he's lying. But guess what? Both of them were embedded with the very extremists we're talking about. And the other, I mean, I, I refer back to my previous coverage. There was an endless amount of examples that showed you that these people were very suspect, including who they admitted they were working with. So here, let me grab this real quick. Here is the American who told you that they were tearing up passports. For any of you who are wondering what is going on, all right, we were part of the Georgian National Legion, the 102nd Ukrainian Territorial Defense, okay? Our base got fucked up. The base right next to us got fucked up. Americans, British, tons of British dead. Right? They're not saying nothing. They're counting our dead as their dead. They're trying to send us to Kiev with no fucking weapons, no kit, no fucking plates. The people who are lucky enough to get weapons are only getting magazines with like 10 fucking rounds, okay? When they wanted to send us to Kiev, we said no. Our whole group, a bunch of Americans, Canadians, British. So they told us we had to get the fuck out or they were going to shoot us in the back, all right? So me, this British guy, and another American... We fucking hid in the back of an ambulance to get out. We we got to the border, and it, it was a whole nother mess. When you get to the border, anyone who has kit, anyone who has any military shit, they're fucking pulling you out of the line, and they're sending you back to the front. This human, we got dropped off about five clicks from the fucking, uh, from the border, and we walked. Um... And we get to the border in this humanitarian group with a bunch of ex-SF veterans from England. Uh, pull us to the side and say, you need to get, like, pulled us out and fucking, like, hit us. And they were like, you need to dump all your kit. They're pulling people out, cutting up passports, sending them back. So we dumped our shit. We got, like, 
in all of our fucking, we got in like Red Cross vests and they had like fucking humanitarian passes to get us through the Ukrainian border. People need to stop coming here. It's a trap and they're not letting you fucking leave. The best way to leave is like in a Vic or a car or something. People who get on by vehicle have a better chance of hiding their fucking kit in the back, doing whatever the fuck they can, but do not try to leave Ukraine on foot if you're a volunteer. It's a mess and it's, it, it's a trap. And I have multiple people who can confirm this story for me. I'm getting... Now, if you remember <clears throat> from my coverage, this guy was covered before this as a sort of quasi extreme, you know, or actually in the beginning, it was covered as the guy going to fight for freedom. Oh, here's his son and he leaves behind and he's fighting for this and he has a great job here and he's doing the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then after it came back that he said this, they edited the article and I covered this on my show. They removed all the parts that humanized him. He turned, oh, so now he doesn't have a kid. Now he doesn't have a great job. Now he's a quasi-extremist because he went to fight for them. Like, it's, seriously? Like, it's so crazy how quick they can do this stuff. The bottom line is you should question that like anything else. Is it not interesting, though, that they're the very people telling you they're cutting up passports on the other side, yet here we are watching them do it, at least by the accusations? Very interesting to me. All that's coming from people at the UN openly saying we should go after them because people told us stuff. So incredibly dishonest. Now, keeping Mariupol in your mind, seeing as how that's exactly where that came from. Here's Twitter with their sourced material, right? Zelensky asked the UN Security Council to remove Russia or dissolve and reform. Oh, cool. So yet again, we're seeing an example of this puppet from the other side of the world directing policy by not even just the U.S., but apparently the United Nations. So Zelensky goes, get him out of there. And they go, okay, let's do that. Remove them. You know how big a deal that is to remove one of these founding members? From, it's, just, it's unbelievable to me that this is being taken face value by people. That doesn't have to mean that they're not capable of doing all the same things that most of these members have also done. China, United States, UK, all of them. But obviously now there's an agenda to do something against Russia, independent of all the facts. In a video address to the United Nations Security Council on Tuesday, Ukraine's president, again, did, did Russia get a chance to speak? Isn't that funny? Obviously, they have a side they've chosen. So why would you trust what they're saying about it if, they've not, if they're not objective? Zelensky stated Russian troops are committing the most terrible war crimes since World War II. Always with a tie back to the Nazi mentality because there was an agenda there before we exposed what they were trying to build. He urged the council to remove Russia as a member or dissolve itself. That's an interesting choice, right? Dissolve the UN. It's, his speech came a day after his visit to the Kiev suburb of Bucha. Bucha. Of course, this is the point where satellite images appear to show bodies left in the open. Isn't that funny? Now, to the point of what she was saying, examining the threat of the Azov movement in Ukraine. This is from Geohistory. This is from September 17th, 2021. <clears throat> okay, so right, pretty much right before this really shifted, right? Members of the nationalist movements, including Azov movement, Carry their flags. Oh, wait, I thought they were disbanded and rolled into other things and weren't really there. And all these things. No, they are a gigantic movement that has completely infiltrated the government. And we've shown this a thousand times over. They carry their flags and banners, some of them using the Nazi symbols, as they participate in an official state parade using Nazi symbolism, Nazi uniform. I mean, come on, guys. If it's an official state parade, then, they're, then they endorse this. Celebrating the anniversary of the founda foundation of the Ukrainian army, of which Azov is now a part. Oops. Yeah, exactly. But here's the main part. Azov has been connected to violence 
Uh, uh, that's right. I forgot about that. Hold on. That's strange. Well, I don't even know what that word. Apparently, there's no such word. I don't even know what that means. I forgot to look that up. I saw that earlier, and I was skimming past it. When I, the next paragraph is the point. Huh. Anyway, Azav has been connected to violence and anti-fascist march from the... Oh, I see. Maybe that's the name of this anti-fascist march. That would make sense. So they've been part of this anti-fascist... Or there was, no, excuse me, connected violence against the group in an anti-fascist march in Kiev in 2018. A violent intervention in a lecture about discrimination in a film in Mariupol and an attack against feminist demonstrators and liberals on International Women's Day. Right? All these... People in this country are on one side of the narrative here should be outraged that the people they're supporting are attacking feminist women on Women's Day, attacking people that are speaking up against anti-fascism, right? Isn't it ridiculous that these child, these people out there with their I stand with Ukraine flags are the, by and large, in my opinion, I shouldn't say that. It's pretty much immersed. It's left and right, which shows you something. But a lot of them are the ones that are screaming that we are, you know, fighting fascism, fighting racism, fighting all the things that this group literally embodies openly. And you're supporting them as you scream the opposite. That's how stupid you are if you're doing that. But it says these are only a few examples of the violence carried out against their opposition at the end of 2021 by the very group that you're supporting right now in Ukraine. And while, quote, they do not possess a complete monopoly on violence, Azov has certainly established political control of the streets in Mariupol. Now, that's not the only time I've shown you this. This is just yet another historical site that's making this same point that we've proven to you. They took over Mariupol. In fact, that was where they really came to prominence was when they pushed in, took back Mariupol, supposedly from the separatists, which I don't even think that's really what happened. But at the end of the day, we're talking about an example of them first back into, I think, 2014-15, seizing Mariupol. They have never regained control. The Yaza Battalion controls Mariupol. To maintain this control, they have to react violently. Not, not even half a year ago, is what they're saying. To any public event which diverges sufficiently from the political agenda. Azov has clearly demonstrated violence against opposing groups in its own country. But yeah, they would never carry out fascist ethnic cleansing against people they disagree with, even though it's literally what we're talking about right now, right? These are all their Nazi symbols, openly Nazi symbols. This sun in particular, right? And that's the sun in the Azov Battalion symbolism. I mean, come on, guys. It's just, and this is, I think it's called the Wolf's something. I forget now. It doesn't matter. The point is, it's obvious that they are the very same thing right now as they were before and that they control the very location that is dumping information into people like that woman in the UN. For example, it says in August 2018, 20 people carried out an attack on an anti-discrimination punk concert in Mariupol where the performing artist was known to be anti-fascist. Now, of course, don't in your mind associate with Antifa in this country. It could be, but this Antifa group is literally fascist in this country. So I would argue it's more of a general real anti-fascist movement out there. While this instance was not officially associated with the national Corps, also is a battalion. Two of the attackers were wearing the national Corps symbols. Members of the national Corps also disrupted a closing, a closed training session for psychologists that discussed the specifics of working with members of the LGBT community. It is now described as a nationalist hate group by the state department. And now they're supporting them. I'm not kidding, by the way, when I say 30 seconds. I mean, I am being facetious when I say 30 seconds because it wasn't literally 30 seconds. But if on September 17, 2021, we already ever, we were not. The whole point is, guys, well, let me finish my thought. On September 17, 2021, they were acknowledging this group as the group that we know that they are. The very State Department, the very government that's now promoting them are the ones that were calling them bad. The point is, as we've been trying to show you, this was supposed to go that way. 
This group was supposed to be quietly behind the scenes until Russia pushed in and they laid at their feet the creation of the big white supremacy threat. That's my opinion. But then when we poked through this and showed you the CIA created this and show, I showed you from the 1948 forward and also other, so did other people, we made it clear that you can't just lay this at the feet of a group that's not connected. So suddenly the narrative shifts. But now you get this weird thing where moments ago they were showing you what they are and now they're going, you're fake news. That's how it works when you lie about everything. The point is they control Mariupol. It's obvious. It's, rec- it's documentable. And so she's over here going, reputable groups from Mariupol. In camps where Russian forces are reportedly. I think this is. And a- we're reporting relocate to Russia. Reports indicate that Russian federal security agents of thousands making tents are reportedly camps. Where Russian forces are. Ah, well, I don't want. I, I guess I can't find the spot. <laughs> I just wanted to play it again where she says Mariupol. But you guys play the video for yourself. Okay, she's openly saying that is the that is the reputable source. Oh, and let's not forget, by the way, that the key witness they keep pushing in your face works for USAID. You, you just can't make this stuff up, guys. Survive the Mariupol theater bombing. She is a, she works with the U.S. government for a group that literally manufactures regime change. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Sure, that's possible, but they didn't even reference that she did work for them. So it's obvious they don't want you to know that. Then on top of that, guys, we've already seen endless videos that keep pointing out in different contexts in this case, but same thing in different people coming out. They claimed they were in that Mariupol theater, claimed they came from Mariupol. And then the ones telling you we were held there, we weren't allowed to leave, we didn't have food, electricity, water. Sure, while they were there, they told them that the Russian people were going to kill them. But then when they left, they got food and medicine and control and, and heat and water. Prove me wrong. I'm not saying that my opinion. I'm saying it's based on evidence I've seen. I'm not seeing anything that counteracts that. I'm hearing narrative statements from forceful people telling you that's what's happening. It's infuriating. Now, here's another example of how this ridiculous thing goes. France is alarmed by Mali killings involving army and Russian mercenaries. Well, you know as well as I do that literally, I mean, most people in the two-party paradigm are going to read this and think Russia government killing people in Mali because, of course, because Russia gross and bad. France has voiced its concern over information that hundreds of civilians have been killed in the, Mal- the, the, the Malayan Malin village of Mura in an operation by elements of the armed forces accompanied by Russian mercenaries. Accompanied by Russian mercenaries from the Wagner group. Well, that's interesting. Different connection we can get into later, but guess what? The Wagner group, as it says here, anger in Paris about the alleged alleged arrival of Russian mercenaries from the Wagner group, which analysts say has close ties to the Kremlin, also hastened the French departure. So we don't even know for sure it happened, and they're definitely not Russian government. They're assumed to have ties to the Kremlin that we can't prove, which means probably doesn't happen, you know, when this is usually the way that goes. But you should keep both one, both are possible. Here's the best part. The Army's alleged death toll that they're claiming, that's the whole point. The civilians that all died, and the social media reports about it, are unverified. That's the fact. Unverified, so we don't even know that people died or how many died. 
We don't really know that there were even Russian mercenaries there. We were told that happened, and then we don't even... Then we extrapolate that out to accuse Russia in general. But what does it boil down to? France speaking up against why Russia needs to action. This is what's happening. France is speaking up about why they need to take action against Russia because of this. Based on an unverified report of things we can't even prove. Welcome to the new normal, guys. UN probe accuses Mali army of war crimes, armed groups of crimes against humanity back in 2020. You know why that's important? Because this was the same entity that was being supported, armed, and funded by the U.S. government. Isn't that weird? Here's the point. UN probe details atrocities in Mali and civilian deaths from French airstrikes. This is 2021. My point is, guys, that this is the group, even this group still right now, by the way, that is doing this, at the, or really, I should argue that there's more, I don't want to get too deep on this topic. There is more that muddies the waters in regard to who is driving who, but here's the main point I want to make. It says, in 2018, the U.S. restored military aid to Mali despite a 2017 report of human, by Human Rights Watch documenting widespread atrocities by the Malian, the Malian, uh, Malian, probably Malian security forces. According to data from the Security Assistance Monitor, a program for the Center for International Policy, a Washington organization that tracks U.S. security assistance globally. Leahy wants the U.S. government to disclose in the near future the status of any investigations into suspected gross human rights violations. The point is, guys, they continue to fund them anyway. They, they said, well, if you keep doing this and we prove it, we're going to block those funding. doesn't matter. The U.S. government regularly, by a matter of policy, seems to fund the worst around the world. They arm and fund some of the worst, most risky elements. And yet they're not the ones being accused of this stuff? Ask, your, ask why it matters more that this, they're claiming something happened than who is driving the bus. Now, you could argue, to my point, there's more arguments about whether there's been some shift in things happening there and whether the U.S. government is in control. The bottom line is that they have been. And here is the same point from 2020 before, where they are probing the entity that the U.S. government is funding for committing war crimes. You see a pattern here throughout history? I hope you do. But here we are pointing at somebody else right now who likewise should be investigated for plenty of other things. But right now where we are, there is zero evidence that they are actually doing things that they say they're doing. And all we get is narrative. I shouldn't say zero, but there's very little compared to an endless amount of evidence showing you the opposite. And my point, again, is not simply that we know one side or the other, but yet that the people conducting and driving the investigations are refusing to even acknowledge one side of the conversation while blindly taking everything that's said by the other. That always gets misconstrued as I'm siding with Russia. That's not what's happening. Nuance is lost in all the people that are lost in the two-party paradigm. Now, finally, here's an interesting point. This person we've referenced before. Now, you should question this. Maybe he's making it all up. Certainly possible. But I've seen plenty of other accounts doing similar things. He's told us, and this is the first one I showed you back on March 8th. Each day I wake up, grab a coffee, and continue to walk the streets in search of war. I gave up on taxi drivers on day one. They wanted cash, which is hard to find. But, understandably, they didn't want the attention of driving a foreign airplane. Point is, zero signs of war. You watch it for yourself. Now, why that's important, this first, this is, I find very interesting. He's responding to other people, but so, he says, you admit that the battle for Kiev, oh, he's responding to this person down here. I'm not going to get into the conversation, but he's saying, admit that the battle for Kiev that was apparently happening before I arrived was a lie. You can just say the media lied, you know. Yes, it hurts to be lied to, and it hurts to be wrong, but you will be okay, and I won't judge you. <laughs> kind of, you know, attacking him. This is a clip from the Western Press from, the Fe- from February 25th, the day this supposedly began. 
His point is, he's in the city, showing you they're not downtown. By the way, I've already proven this to you myself. They're not in Kiev, especially not in the beginning of February 25th. But that was the narrative that was being spun right in the beginning. Because there was an agenda that was supposed to happen there. Apparently, though, they went with it anyway and said Russia was bombing from miles away in the middle of Kiev for no reason, for no strategic benefit. It's not happening, guys. They've never proven this stuff, and they're lying just like they lied about pretty much every other thing we've proven to you that they've been lying about. Some of the biggest things that the media still points at, stupidly like the ghost of Kiev, that was proven even by other corporate press to not even remotely be true. Then we just jump right past it. Now, this is interesting to me because of... The, the, remember the, the fact that these, this news post is reporting this because they're told to report it, right? Just saying this is fact, even though there's obvious reasons to doubt it. Take a listen. Russian troops closing in on the nation's capital. It's all out fighting on the streets of Kiev with anyone who is willing, urged to pick up a weapon. Kiev under attack as Russia closes in on the capital. Fire breaks out as government officials confirm active fighting has hit the streets. Ukrainian soldiers swarmed the city as the threat drew closer, lying in wait, guns drawn. Residents filming Russian tanks rolling in, this one driving directly into a car, crushing it. I mean, why does it even make sense? Like, you're literally telling me that Russia was driving a single tank alone into the center of Kiev. Right, because that's strategically smart, right? Not like you're going to get just annihilated from the... I mean, come on. It's just dumb. There is nothing about this that makes sense. And by the way, it's not true. Miraculously, the man inside survived. <laughs> and by the way, when I mean it's not true, it's not to suggest, I don't know for sure whether they happened or not, that's not to suggest that they didn't happen, like I was saying before. But the narrative is simply not true, and I'll show you that. The assault intensifying... The point is, these could be from other places, they could be staged, they could be fake, there's a thousand examples. But the bottom line is exactly what we keep showing you guys. And again, I've shown you plenty of others. This is from March 8th. This is him walking in the exact area we're talking about. Watch it for yourself. And you're putting yourself at risk of being pulled over. Now, interest of time, you can watch it for yourself, but it continues forward. And there's more on his account. Showing you similar things. And I want to show you a couple of the clips he's pointing out. According to mainstream media, there were no trains. This, of course, was a lie. The trains were always running during my time in Kiev. I had the option of electric cars. Now, yes, he could be lying. But there's other people saying the same, that this is not true. So the Western press was floating a narrative that there was no trains available. This was happening because Kiev was under attack. But his point is that he has searched looking for war in the downtown area of Kiev since the very beginning. The argument being that this supposedly happened and started before he even got there. And yet it's nothing. He's telling, he's saying that they're lying to you about what's happening on the ground. Look into it for yourself. Here's the point I wanted to get to. He says, I was a 10 minute drive from Irpin. We've been over this so many times. Please refer to the main thread and just get out there. Getting, that's my point. This thread shows you this over and he does it all the time. A screenshot from the media is not good enough for me. And it shouldn't be good enough for you guys. The day he walked four hours toward Irpin is all he needed to know that World War III was not happening, at least there, right? Hear the sounds of sirens, so I'm heading towards the noise. 
He says he hears sirens, so he's heading towards the noise, but you know, he walks for hours and doesn't find a single thing. Now, here's something else he posted that I found hilarious, by the way. It's just, this is the level of, of ridiculous supposed news we're seeing today. Right. So a U.S. trained Ukrainian pilot wearing his helmet with the visor down inside. Because that's smart. Does that make sense to anybody? Well, it only makes sense when you realize that you want to make sure they know this guy's a pilot because they're fake. Now, I don't mean he's not a pilot. I don't mean that. I mean, just it's, it's just coordinated. It's manipulated. It is staged like they're always caught for doing. Now, I would even add that maybe he's not a pilot. Maybe he's not even a Ukrainian. I mean, this, mean, why, this could, for all we know, be filmed in a CNN parking lot or a CNN building right outside. We would have no clue because they've already been caught doing that. That Saudi Arabia example is the most obvious and ridiculous from a while ago, but it's the best. There's plenty of examples where they get caught pretending things are happening and someone comes up behind him and says, look, you're staging this. Why would he be wearing a helmet inside? Why would the visor be down inside? Because they're just propaganda. Uh, yeah, it is especially uh, disappointing to see that Western countries sometimes maybe do not have such a political will to give us uh, all those new fighters so that we can keep our sky clean and stop that. God, I mean, this is just too dumb. I can't even get past how ridiculous that is. And of course, this is posted by the Ukrainian Air Force, and it says Ukrainian fighter pilots juice and moonfish, like right out of Top Gun, right? About the sky battles with Russia's technology superiority. I should have made that my picture. It's just, I can't get past how stupid that is. Fine, now here's here's, uh, two last parts I want to get into before we wrap this up. This is something circulating that I just want you guys to look into. I'm going to continue to do it myself. This is coming from Formosa Club, Russian office. It says, you unconfirmed sources from Russian military. The Russian army has captured the U.S. Major General Roger L. Clowder Jr. Major General Roger L. Clowder, the U.S. Africa Command HQ's chief of staff in the besieged Ukrainian Azov camp in Mariupol. The Pentagon wanted to contact Putin, it says. But Putin was not interested to give any response. No wonder the director of the French intelligence was immediately replaced right after this incident happened. Just for reference, here is the only friendly link for a third-party source. Now, by the way, I have the actual link. I'll show you. Now, here's the point. I don't, I, I don't know whether this is actually confirmed. I haven't seen any evidence that it actually happened. But just because, what's interesting to me is that this is actually an image from, uh, what is this? person working for foreign policy, columnist for AE, or rather for, columnist for foreign policy and works for defense AEI. But it says LTG, it, it, the, the person we're discussing right here. And that stands for, I guess, Lieutenant Major General. Hmm. Anyway, curious about that but so the commander of nato land command this is the this is the po- the oh that's what it is anyway so right this is the other the person we're discussing right here first of all and this is a member of the ukrainian military it a ukrainian location posted this po- photo with colonel general alexander sersky commander ukrainian land forces saying quote the world is with you my brother keep up the fight they're in ukraine So the point is, it's very interesting, the timing of this, March 7th, right? So you could place this person there. 
And you know that he's working in this location based on the information. So what actually happened? This person says U.S. General Roger Kloiter was most definitely involved in training Ukrainian soldiers. This photo attests. Two days ago, a Bulgarian news source claimed he was visiting Bulgaria. So it'd be a really big deal if a U.S. member of U.S. military, especially a general, was captured. It'd even be a bigger deal if you found out he was on the ground inside the Azov Battalion located Mariupol location. They would pretend like that meant nothing, but to us it would mean a lot. Here's what Russia has to say, government. They say helicopters were down near Mariupol and was headed to evacuate Azov unit leaders. This is March 28th. So it's really interesting to me that this could either be, it could be a combination of things. This could have been the attempt to get him out of there. This could have been simply attempt to evacuate extremist members of them, of their groups, like they did in Syria and move them over to other places like they do all the time. And this could be the beginning of that very thing. But it says Russian defense ministry spokesman said on Monday that the, the Russian army force, uh, forces shot down a Ukrainian MI-8 helicopter over the Sea of Azov as it headed to Mariupol to evacuate the commanders of the Azov National Battalion. Now, they say that, so I don't know whether that's actually what they were going to do. I don't know how they would know that. They don't seem to suggest why they would know that. Also, two Su-24 planes and one Su-25 were shot down. Quote, a Ukrainian MI-8 helicopter was shot down in the area of Mariupol, five kilometers offshore of the Sea of Azov, as it headed for urgent evacuation. So it could be that this is what it was all about. So it seems there's some points kind of connecting here that make this seem like a possible thing. You know they would not want to admit this. My only thing would be, why wouldn't Russia say this, right? Why wouldn't they come out and be like, this just happened? Maybe because they don't want this to explode into something bigger, which would lend credence to the idea of the whole connection. But, you know, there's more to the story, I'm sure. So let's wait and see this pan out. But it's very interesting. And there's a lot of reason you might think this would be happening. But overall, guys, just recognize that they recognize there are U.S. personnel on the ground. There have been before this started 100%, whether it's CIA or military contractors, which I definitely consider military U.S. personnel. It's what it is if they're putting them there. But the fact is they're working right alongside cultivating training the specific neo-Nazi groups. They have been from the beginning. Now here is the Army Times saying, how the U.S. and Europe helped Ukraine prep for an insurgency, March 7th. In recent days, Ukrainian officials and citizens have made it clear, even if the country does fall to Russia's massive invasion, we won't stop there. And it says it's high time to proceed to resistance, said the defense minister. Wait, didn't you just say you were about to win? Did you know the rest ran out of bullets? Putin's got a problem health-wise. They're going to leave. They're retreating. We're winning. We just took back Ukraine. It's all garbage. They are just spinning this narrative, and it is so completely baseless. And every single thing they say keeps panning out to be false. They just keep going. Did he run out of bullets? No, because it's ridiculous. It wasn't even remotely true. The point here, guys, is that they were always of the mind that this was an insurgency, which means they had to fight back after being invaded on top of that, that they were always planning to be an insurgency and not a, I mean, well, a government resistance, I guess, or however you want to frame that. The point is that they are clearly admitting that this is was always sort of meant to be sort of this counter internal resistance to a occupied territory that Russia controlled. Now, how would they even know that eight years ago? Right? How would they possibly understand that it would be here? Or why are they saying this right now as they're out there t- acting like they're about to win or that Russia's about to pull back? And if they do pull back, what does it then mean for the supposed resistance? I think the point is, guys, this is about creating the narrative to lay whatever threat they're going to lay at the feet of Russia, whether that's attacks and false flags they pretend Russia committed or pretending they're the ones cultivating white supremacy inside this country to then lay at your feet. 
the bottom line is they're already talking resistance because that was always the plan. As it says right here, for some officials, that means everything is going to plan. Since 2018, even further, U.S. and European officials have quietly helped Ukraine implement key portions of a total defense framework that military officials call the resistance operating concept. But they totally were involved before this, according to a U.S. special operations official who requested anonymity to discuss the project with Military Times. The work took place over time through interagency meetings in Kiev with multinational representations, an official explained. All right, so sitting alongside open neo-Nazi extremist groups and talking about how they were going to help them fight back after Russia pushed in before they knew that would happen. Because that makes sense, right? Don't forget. Or before I get there, here's another video. U.S. soldiers train Ukraine troops at a former Soviet military base outside of the western Ukrainian town of Lviv. About 300 U.S. Army paratroopers, which is based at basically uh, are training the Ukrainian National Guard. And who is that again? That's the Azov Battalion, beyond a shadow of a doubt. They are the National Guard. So not this specific, and I'm not talking like became part of it. They are the National Guard. So the point is that the U.S. military was on the ground training literally, specifically the Azov Battalion. Because that's always been the point, guys. A six-month U.S. training exercise called Fearless Guardian official, officially began on April 20th. The training is focused on both teaching individual skills and modeling the institution of the Ukrainian National Guard, Azov Battalion, on the U.S. military. They'll want to hide this, guys, but this is them directly coordinating with an open neo-Nazi group that they're trying to throw at the feet of Russia, just like they did before. Like in 1948, forward, the reason they discussed using that fascist group, the organization of, of Ukrainian nationalists that was fascist and not just nationalist, was because they wanted to use it to attack to throw against the Soviet Union. It's the same narrative today, but with Russia. It says, yet, beyond the official syllabus, looming over the training is the knowledge that the Ukrainian soldiers here will likely see combat soon after the training is over. This was written in 2015. Now, obviously, it wasn't soon, was it? The point is, they have been claiming this would happen for eight years. If you only heard it pop up around the beginning of 2022, it's because they kicked it into overdrive. But it says, uh, and... Uh, and many of the Ukrainian soldiers are fresh off the battlefields of the Donbass, right? The place where they were ethnically cleansing and, and killing and at their own admission, 14,000 people just in Donbass. But you, you referenced that today on Twitter and your fake news, even though that claim comes directly from the Ukrainian army and is still cited on Wikipedia. But, you know, it's already been decided to be a fake news point, so they'll call it fake news forever because that's how that works. Consequently, one of the greatest challenges for U.S. soldiers is applying the lessons they've learned from the counterinsurgency operations in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, those, those wild successes, right? All the great lessons they've learned from the successes of Iraq and Afghanistan, right? They're literally framing this as the most horrific quagmires they've created, they pretend they didn't, in the history of the U.S. government. But don't worry, we learned how to fight back. How exactly did they learn counterinsurgency? after they occupied Iraq and Afghanistan. See my point? Because it's about how you drive the situation. They are manufacturing the narrative and the perception of what these things are. To prepare Ukrainian troops for the type of combat they'll soon be facing, which means they are suggesting that, you, that Russia will occupy and they'll be conducting an insurgency. Pretty psychic, aren't they? It's prescient. Which includes heavy artillery, tank battles, and in some places even trench warfare. Pretty, pretty prescient. Don't forget on top of that, here is a, a former... Former member of the CIA, 
on February 25th telling you the same thing, the coming insurgency. So even before they invaded, they knew this was going to be an insurgency. Why, why didn't you think they would just fight them off? Because that wouldn't be an insurgency if they're just fighting back an invasion. It's only an insurgency after Ukraine or Russia successfully occupies and stays. Then they fight back. That's an insurgency. Not just fighting back in a war as they push in for territory. That's just called a war. I hope you're not missing the point. The fact that they kept framing this as an insurgency and even military times is now saying it's time for resistance. You're already jumping past the point where you pretend you're winning and you're fighting and it's a war. You're jumping to the point to where this is over. Russia's taken it. And now there's a resistance internally because that's always been the narrative. A Yahoo News report in January described a covert CIA training program for elite Ukrainian special operations forces and other intelligence personnel, both of which have direct connections to the Azov Battalion, and I've pointed this out in the deeper conversations of what they're referencing right there, that was launched in 2015 by the Obama administration following Russia's annexation of Crimea after a referendum where they voted almost unanimously to go join Russia because they're mostly Russian-speaking, and as Alex Thompson eloquently made clear on our round table, are very clearly connected to Russia and have been trying to do so for a long time, and the point is that they were running from the neo-Nazi group that they put in place, just like the Donbass was, because they're also predominantly Russian. But as they try to force them under the control of Ukraine, they call that a a revolution. They call that resistance because they're framing it as they were told to frame it. According to a report, the effort included the deployment of CIA paramilitary officers to Ukraine. So U.S. military CIA deployed to the ground in Ukraine to train the Azov Battalion. Such programs mature over time as trust grows between the trainers and their foreign counterparts. It's obvious, guys. It's always it's been there. There's, this is the thing he references. This is from January 13, 2022. CIA-trained Ukrainian paramilitaries have taken central role if Russia invades. Oh, they knew. They, they knew, right? As always, I continue to put this out there. There's no denying this. Links right here for you, all of them. Verifiable facts. The U.S. Congress made sure Azov Battalion would get arms from 2016. They keep lying to you about this. This is the nation. There's plenty of other articles that are willing to be honest about it. Congress removed that ban after they claimed they put it in. Why? Because Pentagon pressured them to. They stripped the spending bill of an amendment that prevented these arms and funds from going into the hands of neo-fascist groups. They're directly referencing the Azov Battalion. So ask yourself why they would go out of their way to stop that money and funds from going to them, and then for the Pentagon to quietly pull that out of the way because they were funding this group and planning to use it. You're a child if you can't see how this is going. It's obvious. That doesn't have to mean you think Russia good. It simply means you can see what they're doing. It's obvious. All the way until right now. As I already showed you, right? We know the CIA trained them since 2015. FBI verified the Azov Battalion is neo-Nazi, immersed with the Ukraine's government, and that the Charlottesville march and Unite the Right was the Azov Battalion. How does that make sense? Why would they blame a Russian group? Why would, they, why would there be Russian, Ukrainians on the ground at January 6th yelling things in Russian? That was already reported by the Western press. This is the, this is the FBI saying 2018. A post containing a photograph of the Rise Above movement members during their first trip to Germany, Ukraine, and Italy because it is a it is an international group. They have memberships in Germany, Ukraine, Italy, and the United States. That's the Rise Above movement. 
they met with a leader of the International Department for the National Corps, the Azov Battalion, which is a political party in the Ukraine that was founded in 2016 by the Azov Battalion. I know that the Azov Battalion is a paramilitary unit of the Ukraine National Guard, which is known for neo-Nazi ideology, symbolism, which is believed to have participated in training and radicalizing U.S.-based organizations. Why is this not discussed? Isn't this exactly what I'm talking about? Yes, they're just ignoring it. Finally, the point is simply that they do have an international organization. And guess what? Contacts in Germany, America, Italy, exactly the places where they went and met with the other battalion. It's obvious, guys. This is because this was meant to grow, and they're trying to hide it from you. Now, if you want to go further into that, understand that the documents I already told you from 1948 forward prove that they plucked out of obscurity a group that was basically gone and then created a fascist movement that grew to this today, then here's your show to watch. Plenty of evidence they're trying to hide from you. Finally, NATO countries planning comms missions in Ukraine, because that's not going to be a problem, right? All the way back in 2014. This has always been happening, guys. They were pushing this NATO thing in from the very beginning, and that was a huge red line to Russia. They don't care. If it happened in reverse, it, they would not stop yelling about how Russia won war, and that's why they crossed the red lines. But of course, they do it, and it's all about freedom. If you are not seeing the one-sided effort, the hypocritical stance, which does not have to mean, that therefore, Russia is the one that's good. That's a child binary stance. We're simply pointing out, regardless of what Russia really is, that your government's lying to you. That, they're, that the, government, the groups they're working with are dangerous and have been admitted so by your own government members up until right now when they suddenly change their tune. It's just about being honest with yourselves, guys, about honest with ourselves. Put aside the childish two-party paradigm and just acknowledge the facts in front of you. And if you can't prove it, then walk away saying, I don't know, and that's okay. It's time to be better than them. We all know it. It's all out there, guys, and it's just time to start being honest with ourselves, being mature about this, and stopping, stop letting their political manipulations drive our lives. Thank you for being here, continuing to share the information. I will be talking about COVID more tomorrow, hopefully early and hopefully just about that, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. There's another potential false flag manipulation. But the point overall, guys, is that if these people, and it looks like there were people that were killed, were killed, that can still be a false flag. That can still be a hoax, a manipulation. It could have been carried out by somebody else and blamed on Russia, which is, by the way, what the U.S. has already been caught doing in Syria and elsewhere. But it's fake news because I stand with Ukraine, right? All I'm asking for is objectivity. And I know you all know that. So thank you for being here. And please help this spread to the people that don't see that yet. I love you all, as always. Question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.